0: Hold both of you. Let me go. No, Anakin, don't.
1: Try and climb. I
0: am. I'm losing you.
1: I'm sorry, Padme. No. It's time for Send in the Clones. Join your host be on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic and their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to send in the clones! In this
0: episode, Rush Clovis, newly elected leader of the banking clan, is forced by Count Dooku to raise interest rates on the Republic's loans. The Republic Senate demands an immediate invasion, leading to Clovis's death. With him to blame, Chancellor Palpatine takes control as the new leader of the banks.
1: Hey, troops, it's your old buddy, Bucho. On my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Master Yoda to my Anakin. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? We are going to talk about the 115th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Stuart Lee. It's Season 6, Episode 7, Crisis at the Heart. So, Robbie... Let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Crisis at the Heart before you rewatched it again this week.
0: Gripping, just gripping drama.
1: Do I sense some kind of irony in your voice, <laughs> Robbie? Is that sarcasm?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is where uh, our beloved Clovis, you know, goes <laughs> out. So, I mean, I did remember that. I couldn't remember all of the details as far as how everything went down. I did remember that there was a little more action in this episode, but it's just one of those things where I see what they're doing and I see that, you know, this is another example of Palpatine's treachery to get his meat hooks into every aspect of the war and every aspect of government and all that stuff. I understand why it may be important to bring it up, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, boy, if you thought trade disputes were fun, (laughs) just wait till you get to the banking situations.
1: Well, those situations open in this episode with Padman Clovis landing back on Scipio where they bump into Padme's separatist counterpart, Senator Beck LaWise, who comes across as a relatively reasonable and well-mannered fellow for a dastardly separatist with freaky looking eyes and a kind of brain sticking out of his head. I don't know, he's an interesting looking alien. He looks scary, but he seems to be a decent chap. And they all head into the neutral zone where Clovis becomes the new boss of the banks but there's no time for Clovis to even enjoy his fancy pants new office view before Dooku hologram calls in to remind Clovis that he's a baddie and that doing business with the baddies always ends badly unless you're also a baddie and Clovis is trying really hard not to be a baddie these days so Dooku first threatens to reveal that it was he who supplied Clovis. Stay awake with through This Bit Robbie. I'm, I'm awake. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Dooku first threatens to reveal that it was he who supplied Clovis with the account details which were used to nail the crooked bankers. But Clovis counters that he'll reveal those himself. He's not scared of no revelations about who gave him the details. So then Dooku counter counters by threatening not to pay the outstanding interest on the separatist loans, which will cause the banks to collapse. Unless Clovis raises interest rates on the Republic's loans. So it seems to me Clovis has two choices there. One, he can make public that the separatists are refusing to pay their loans and maintain his credibility with the Republic, but cause the collapse of the banking system he apparently loves. Or two, he can jack up the interest on the Republic loans, save the banks and lose his credibility with the Republic. And of course, Clovis takes option two, destroying his credibility with the Republic and with Padme, and perhaps worst of all, proving that that pesky, pesky Jedi Anakin Skywalker was right all along about Clovis being an untrustworthy cad. So now I'll cut back to Dooku, sending in a Separatist invasion to send a signal to the Republic that Clovis is still a stinking Separatist and that the Republic needs to send their own firepower to Scipio to take care of business and then Padme is taken into custody, taken to Clovis's office where she learns of a shocking deal between Clovis and Dooku which has now apparently given the banks to the separatists. And now Dooku declares the separatist debts are gone and there will be zero credit for the Republic. And Clovis doesn't deny this. And so now I'm completely lost because this is very, very different from the situation earlier in the episode in which the separatist debts were still very much in place. The only thing was he wasn't paying any interest on them and in which the Republic had access to credit albeit at a higher interest rate. So I guess at some point Dooku has altered the deal, I guess because Clovis didn't pray that Dooku didn't alter the deal any further. Were you just as lost as I was
0: here, Robbie? I don't know. I think my my eyes were rolling back so far in my head that <laughs> I didn't catch that. It's one of those where you feel like every step that's made is just an escalation on what came previous. So, I mean, sure. I mean, why not? You know, if the separatists control the banks, then yeah, forgive the loans. And I mean, it can just get worse and worse and worse. I just assume that that's what that was. But again, it's uh, just it just feels like just manufactured drama. You know what I mean? Oh, more. What the? Oh, this is so bad. You know, and I just I find myself not really caring.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel organic somehow. It feels sloppy and careless in terms of the storytelling and and like you say at the start sort of contrived and manufactured and inorganic like they need to get to certain plot points and they don't really take the time to develop a story that has a flow between those points you know.
0: Yeah and I mean it's again I feel like in a way I mean this is something that yeah I I can see why this story would want to be told you know because you kind of feel like This is like a a piece of the puzzle when it comes to Palpatine gaining control of everything. Yeah, for sure. But I also feel like, you know, when I watched episode three and I saw Palpatine take control of the Senate, I wasn't sitting there thinking, man, I wonder what happened to the banks.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: You know what I mean? It's one of those things where I get it. I understand why it's there, but I also feel like I didn't need it. But, you know, I mean, that's the way some stories go, right? Sometimes they hit and sometimes they don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are sort of two elements going on. One is the relationship between Padme and Anakin, which we see strained here, almost a breaking point at one point during this arc. And that's an important story to tell. And the financial machinations, I mean, there are good stories, including in cinema, about financial irregularities and financial shenanigans. So there are ways to tell these types of stories well and in a compelling fashion. And I don't know, you mentioned in the previous episode that this might have been a story that they were developing for a previous season, maybe for season five, and they have sort of held it over to this season. So I don't know, I don't like to second guess the meta too much, but it almost feels like it was something that they tried to make work in season five and they couldn't get it to work. And so when it came time to do season six, they thought, let's try doing it here in season six. And it still doesn't really collect together for me, you know, that there was this confusing moment in the previous episode where Anakin comes in on what seems like an assault you know I mean I don't want to go over all that again it's just the storytelling is sloppy yeah we was sloppy here too and this is no fun I mean we've talked about this before when we do these chats of ours the fun parts are talking about the fun parts and having to talk about the parts of the show that don't work they're not that much fun because we're both such big fans of the show but let's talk about a couple of things that do work in that case and I like that Padme's escort is led by this commander thorn who makes a spectacular but ultimately tragically futile last stand while blasting a whole ton of battle droids with his minigun in a similar style to how our boys heavy and hard case used to roll. So we don't know this guy for very long, but he makes enough of an impression on me that I've made a note here about him, and another note I've got is that when Dooku lands, he makes a point of kicking one of the fallen troopers as he walks past. You can see his head turn to look, and he makes sure that as he goes past, he gives that trooper a little kick. Such a petty moment. And then Dooku actually does the same thing. I mean, we're still talking about the first half of the episode. but I'll bring it up now because it's connected. Later in the episode, as he leaves, he kicks one of the fallen troopers in the head. So, now I fully hate Dooku and I can't wait to see Revenge of the Sith again, to see Anakin (laughs) separate Dooku's head from his shoulders. How did you like this battle, Robbie? How did you like these separatists coming in and... I mean, it wasn't fun because they'd take out all our clones, but there's also that moment up in Clovis' office where Dooku has Padme kill Bekla by using the Force to manipulate her blaster. Did any of that work for you? Or were you so tuned out that it'll just washed over
0: i don't know The killing of becla wise seemed uh, another just we'll we'll just make padme kill him because dooku makes her uh, it's just very very manufactured and as you said i think inorganic is the way that i kind of see this episode it just everything feels very let's check off the plot points we've got this script let's head to the ending you know what i mean it just doesn't feel like there's any passion there
1: It's almost like the gears that we saw churning in underneath the banking building, right? You can see the gears grinding and this feels kind of clockworky. You know, you see all the pieces trying to fit into place. And when you're experiencing a story, you don't want to see those gears working. You don't want to see the puppet strings. You just want to be drawn into the story. And unfortunately, in these episodes, the gears aren't even meshing very well, I find.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like action for the sake of action, without any sort of passion behind it, without any sort of character motivations or plot points, all of those things, it just feels empty. So it's, even though I do enjoy the animation of the, you know, the attack of the Separatists on the Republic troops there, it's a cool looking scene, even when, you know, later on in the episode, when Anakin comes to take care of the remaining forces, Very, very cool looking stuff, but there's no meaning behind it. And I guess, in a way, there is meaning behind it. You know, there is a story being told. It's just the story isn't told with any sort of fire. So, you kind of feel like, well, if the story is kind of lackluster and and half-baked, then why should I care about what goes down? You know what I mean? And that's kind of the thing about effects in general, you know? If, if, If the effects are surrounded by a lackluster story and lackluster characters, then the action, however awesome it may be, doesn't land because it doesn't have any sort of meaning to it.
1: Well, that second half of the episode action, or maybe it's just the third act action, it starts after Anakin gets sent to Scipio to save the day following a talk with Master Yoda, which is the same talk that Obi-Wan gave him in the previous episode and the same talk that Anakin gave Ahsoka on Onderon about how you shouldn't let your feelings interfere with your decision-making. And so off Anakin goes with all his Star Destroyers. And then we cut to Padme laying into Clovis, blasting him for betraying her trust again as Padmé realizes that she has to look forward to Anakin gloating about how he was right about Clovis all along and therefore correct not to trust Padmé's judgment. What a mess their relationship is, Robbie. But it's not just their relationship's a mess. This whole scene is about to get messier because now it's time for the Battle of Scipio. So we get to see, like you said, a bunch of the good old pew-pew, and we get to see Clovis losing his mind and taking Padmé hostage as Anakin crashes Clovis's pity party. And then it's time for a vulture droid to literally crash his pity party, leading to a classic, I can't hold you both scene. Except, unlike Ahsoka on Onderon, Anakin forgets that he's a Jedi. And unfortunately for Clovis, both Padme and Clovis forget to remind him. And then we wonder why they didn't call this episode The Fall of Clovis. I mean, that excellent pun was right there, Robbie. Oh yeah. As a perfect coupling with the previous episode title, and then Palpatine wins again, so it's a real good time to be Palpatine, Robbie, but like you say, this action scene at the end, it's a spectacular battle, but we don't know any of the pilots up there. I mean, one of them gets a name, but none of them are humanized, so all of the dogfighting, for as fancy as it looked, for as pew-pew as it was, it just kind of washed over, you know?
0: Yep. I think a meh story is worse than a bad story, to me, because... At least when you hate something, <laughs> or when you, or when you, you know what I mean. This sounds like a very dark side line of thinking, Robbie. There's more passion to it, though. Sure. There's more passion, you know, on the extremes. If it's just right down the middle and you just don't care, I almost feel like that's worse. So I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like in this whole arc, I'm just sitting here going, "Yeah, that happened," you know. And there's a lot of size going on. That's just one of those things that I. I mean, I don't think anybody likes to feel that way when they're watching an episode, but unfortunately, that's how I'm feeling, you know?
1: But let's talk about something more positive, Robbie. What was your favorite shot of Crisis at the Heart?
0: Well, there was a couple that I had, but at the risk of picking another flying shot, like I always do, (laughs) I think one of my favorite shots was, it was toward the end of the attack on the Republic forces, and... That droid gunship comes in, and as it comes in, it strafes and spins around and then deploys the battle droids. But as it's spinning around, it takes out a couple of clones as it lands. I just thought that was a cool animation and a cool little way of bringing those battle droids in. It was kind of neat.
1: Yeah, that was a sweet shot. My favorite shot of the episode was Anakin holding Padme after Clovis falls and telling Padme that it's all over now. Which is a welcome thing to hear at the end of this arc. <laughs> Before we bring this one for a land, we need to sum up. We need to give our ratings. So, after your latest watch of Crisis at the Heart, Robbie, how did you like it and where does Crisis at the Heart sit on that four star Robbie scale?
0: You just made me think of something else, but I'm going to go ahead and give my rating of two and a half out of four. (laughs) To me, it's better than the last one, but I think it's merely because we had some clone android action. I like the battle scenes. I thought they were fun. But one of the things that at the very beginning of the episode, when our lovely narrator is breaking down the previous episode, he says that Anakin asks Padme to not do this Clovis thing. I'm pretty
1: sure he demanded. He
0: pretty much demanded it.
1: And what hurts is that he was right. Why do they keep making Padme wrong and the one who has to be saved? There were no spinning kicks from Padme in this episode. Yes. That's another reason to knock it down a point.
0: That's one of the things that I was going to bring up is one of the things that's a little frustrating is that Padme is very rarely right. And I think, you know, we've talked about how the fact that, you know, we love Padme. She's got a lot of potential as a character, and I feel like she's been wasted. And I feel like that's a little frustrating from somebody who actually enjoys the character. You know, I, I was a fan of Natalie Portman even before she was in Star Wars, you know, and the professional and eager to see what she was going to do next. And then she comes into Star Wars and goes, it's just okay. Episode two, she gets some stuff to do. But then in episode three, she's right back to kind of being the damsel in distress. It's frustrating. Give Give this poor character something to do.
1: Yeah, and I've got it at five crooked bankers out of ten, Robbie, and I'm not going to say any more about it. It's just on the side of Not Skippable because I think the story itself does matter. You know, seeing the machinations of Palpatine taking over the banks, and seeing their relationship go through what it's gone through I mean it's frustrating to see what Padme's gone through but on the other side of things you know it shows that she is this flawed character which means it makes more sense why she stays with this buffoon Anakin sometimes <laughs> I don't know because there's other times where you're yeah. thinking why is she still with him and then what you find out is you know she has her own flaws and so it all makes more sense unfortunately for her and for us. But that's mission accomplished for season six, episode seven, Crisis at the Heart. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know if they can explain any of these things to us better than we've been able to understand them? What are our communications channels? I would love that. But anyway, we
0: are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail and on Twitter and on Instagram. That's B U C H O A N D R O B B Y.
1: Yes sir, and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 116th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6 Episode 8 That Disappeared. And until then, this is your old buddy Boocho alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Butch and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to and Robbie at gmail.com.
0: He'll be with you, always.